This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 53, Just Do a Thing, recorded on December 5th, 2016. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. As always with your host, me, Matt Lyons. And no Jason Lucart today. He's doing real work stuff. He did a great papers and all that fun stuff. So he's doing real world things. The rest of us are going to be in baseball land talking about the winter meetings and rumors and bad hot takes and all kinds of fun stuff. So joining me for that is going to be um, first writer Matt Schlichting. Hello. He's a little quiet. We can't quite figure that out, but... It still works. We can still hear I'm him. Work, I'm tr- I'm trying my best. <laughs> you, you can't tell, but he's screaming at the top of his lungs right now, as close as he can to the mic. <laughs> and then also joining us is Merritt Rolfing. Hello there. Also, I am here. <laughs> that is a thing that is true. Uh, and Merritt, probably, you recognized. I wonder if people know the pattern yet that on Wednesday and Saturdays is your post. Unless I forget to edit on Wednesday, then sometimes it goes on on Thursday. I but mean, 99% of the time is Wednesday. I hope they're catching on, you know. <laughs> But they're always great. I would like them. Oh, I try. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So if either of you guys, um, I know you both probably have real jobs that you have to work on Mondays, but I have off my other job. So I get to just sit and watch MLB Network and write about Edwin Encarnacion and the Indians missing out on everything. So have you guys followed the winter meetings at all so far? I um I didn't realize until literally this afternoon that they're in like I live in Washington, DC now, and they're literally down this like they're very close to me and i had no idea and i could have gone there and harassed baseball writers and people but <laughs> we could have got you a pass you know that I, right really uh yes. I, I i had no idea where they were this year until like i don't know someone mentioned on twitter and i just i'm like oh, i shouldn't have real job these days it's terrible i could have been six <laughs> weeks ago when i was unemployed that's terrible <laughs> what but about no. you matt oh. i've you tried to a little bit um I, while i'm glad that they ended up making an agreement for the collective bargaining agreement, I kind of liked the half nightmare, half dream scenario that I, it might have been Jonah Carey or it might have been someone else tweeted about that they were just going to be a bunch of baseball writers stuck in a hotel with nothing to do but drink for an entire week. <laughs> and one of them could have been Merritt if he could have knew been where, the, <laughs> where the Shame. winter meetings were. <laughs> they said somewhere in Maryland, and it wasn't until this weekend I realized it was right near this new casino, too. So. Uh, I'm just an idiot, I guess. I don't know. Like I, they move around so much. Like two years ago, they were like in like Nashville or something, or maybe it was last year. And they were in like I think Dallas that was, uh, before that, and the GM meetings were in Nashville, weren't they? Is that what it was? Is, I think is that different like that. than the winter meetings. I thought the winter meetings were the GM meetings. I'm not really the good one, at the owners meetings. There's one right after the season that nobody really cares about, and then there's the winter meetings. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really good at baseball off seasoning. Sometimes I forget about all these. <laughs> these things come up, come and go so quickly, and I'm like, oh, well, that was that was eventful or not? So you just sort of I'm, black out in between November and April. I still have two more days. I could probably get down there for one of them, maybe. But I can't. You can just print them. out like like a fake pass and try to get yeah, in. You know, just, Photoshop's an amazing <laughs> thing these days, guys. You can make a pass into anything. It's in the movies. I saw it, so that that means it works automatically. I'm saying people. It's all about social engineering and just telling people you feel like you should be there, and they go, "Yeah, you're probably right." Wave, <laughs> wave them through. Yeah. So the only really thing from Cleveland is that they apparently tried to sign uh, Carlos Beltran and Matt Holiday. They whiffed on both. They couldn't get up to the amount that Beltran wanted. I guess nobody said specifically if they couldn't get to Matt Holiday's 13 million, but apparently that was the case too, which is a little surprising. 
But then there was also the rumor that they were at least asking about Edwin Encarnacion. The, the exact wording is they were checking in on him, which could literally mean they said <laughs> hi in the hallway in the winter meetings. Oh, but I'm going to go with they offered him a huge contract and it might work. That's probably not it. But yeah, Matt, what do you think? Is there any chance that he comes to Cleveland? He did turn down the four-year, $80 million a year from Toronto. So that's kind of the ballpark. We know what he's looking for. Is there any chance he comes to Cleveland? Matt, did you die? Well, I'll step in here and answer that question, <laughs> I guess. Well, he figures out microphones. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're down, what, four years, $80 million. He probably wants at least something like a, what Dexter Fowler is expected to get, which is like four years and $85 million. But he probably wants a $100 million contract, which is a little absurd for a guy who's 33. I mean, that's just not a, that's just not the kind of contract that the Indians are going to hand out, you know? I think if they could get him for four years and... A forty or eighty-five million dollar contract wouldn't that be the biggest contract the Indians have ever handed out ever? Have they ever given out a hundred million dollar contract? I don't think they ever have. Because no. I think I at did... one point the Swisher deal was the biggest, right? And that was only that wasn't that much money at all, like in the scheme no. of things. So I think, I mean, I would, I think it would be neat, but at the same time, like you look at him, he's a thirty-three year old slug, you know, slugging first baseman slash DH who has. I mean, you're going to get, what, three and a half wins out of him this year, and it's all just going to go downhill from there. I mean, he's he's moving out of what is, what is a hitter's environment in Rogers Center, too, wherever he'd go, whether it's, you know, whether it's Cleveland or not. So I'd prefer if he just signed with the Rockies and just, you know, just had it that. But <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's honestly realistic. I really was kind of hoping for them to, as I mentioned in my article this past Saturday, I, I actually liked the idea. I decided mid-article I liked the idea of a Beltran <laughs> slash Hamilton, or a holiday rather, signing, but obviously that didn't work out. So I can't believe they couldn't get near $13 million for, for a holiday, though. Like, they paid um, Napoli 10 and, like, that's nearly that, and he's a better hitter than Napoli is. So Yeah, Napoli was 10 altogether. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we have to we have to ask the question very realistically, like, how much, like, how much is, how much do they have to spend, I suppose? You know, because a lot of guys are going to be getting raises in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, whether through arbitration or what have you. So, I don't know. Baseball reference suggests that their their um, salary is going to jump up north of $100 million, which I still think is a little questionable. But would yeah. I like – I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I, let me ask you that. Would, would you like to have Edwin Encarnacion? Like, obviously, the, the 42 home run power is very nice. Oh, yeah, but, not for anywhere near that money. I kind of get to the weirder meetings. I didn't think it was too crazy that he'd get close to that 480. But now, it, like, his market just suddenly collapsed because the Red Sox apparently don't want him either. Mm-hmm. nobody can seem to find a team for him and like the fallback is the indians but there's always the response of well they're not going to pay that much money and which i don't I, think they are i wish they could throw that kind of money around how is my volume level now you sound you so good you were a hurricane there for a second it Sorry. sounded like you were in a tornado but now you're well good. uh <laughs> it, it would be a great fit but i think that we're right if the indians are having trouble getting to 13 million and 16 million then the only way Encarnacion ends up in an Indian's uniform is if there's some weird health scare where it, <clears throat> it turns out they think his elbow's disfigured and he'll never swing the bat again. Ugh. Then maybe the Indians can go out and get him on a whim. But. That's encouraging. They can get a crippled player, maybe. Then they'll do that. <laughs> and like, and that's the thing, too. Like, What position is he going to play? First base and DH? Like, That's not something that a team that can only that spending $100 million is a big deal. That's not something you can really lay money out for like that. You know, you need a an ability to impact more than one phase of the game, I guess. As, as awesome as, as you know, his power is, I mean, realistically, like, he was a very good hitter, but it's not like he was a, an amazing hitter in 2016. 
Or, yeah, if he was in any other market right now, I don't think he'd be even close to like the top free agent. It's just there's nobody else after him. It's yeah, like, exactly. like Joey Batista, and that's it. And that's he's not going to get nearly as much as Encarnacion, I don't think. I'd prefer him, honestly, because like you said, he's Just because he's cheaper? cheaper? Well, he's yeah. a little cheaper, and I think, and he can play at least a few more positions, maybe. Like, he did play outfield not great, and he could probably sub in at, at maybe third base poorly, and he could probably play left field mediocrely. And also, like, that's the thing. You need him to be able to play. Like, you, you need to be able to play if you're going to be paying another 20. You need to be able to play more than one position that, is just, that, that isn't DH, so. Right. Well, yeah. apparently, Hoynes just posted an article saying that the Indians are working on negotiating a multi-year deal with Encarnacion officially. Oh, God. Quoting well, Antonetti. Right now. Yeah. And Antonetti <laughs> saying you don't have to curb expectations. We are being exhaustive in exploring options to improve our position player club. Wow. So. Wow. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I just see that. It was like six. Right when we started, did that. Way to go, Hoynes, you jerk. You know, wait till you start <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd be surprised. I wonder if it's just that his market has fallen out so much now. It could be. Because nobody else will take him. Yeah, so the Indians are maybe coming in and saying, hey, don't let it fall any lower. Take this $7 million a year deal. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, funny, but I don't think that would happen. Because like there is still idea, at least actually. the Rangers are talking to him. It seems you know, like that, they always kind of, or kind of burn the bridge with the uh, Blue Jays already, too. Oh, yeah. At least to a certain extent. I mean, okay, I any other, oh. they spent the money on... Again, a player like I mean, did Dexter Fowler get a qualifying offer? I he guess. Okay, yeah. damn it. Did... <laughs> so, are <laughs> you steadfast that you don't want to lose a draft pick, no matter who they sign? No, they need. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they still need to build. Well, it is a low draft pick. This isn't like last year where it's like a what was it? So, 15? all right. So when when the C when does the CBA start? Because this, doesn't the new the new collective bargaining agreement not impact? I don't know, isn't draft pick compensation different? When does that kick in? Next year, I guess? It's next offseason, I believe. Oh, okay. All right, well, that, that makes sense then. All right, well, well I, and you're right, man. It is too many mats here. Uh, <laughs> you're right, man. It, it is a low draft pick. So I, I guess in that sense, I'm okay with it. And I, and again, I prefer Fowler over um, oh, Carnacio only because he, he makes more than one player better, I guess. You know, like he impacts not only the... Like, I think he would allow, if nothing else, Naquin to play left field, which I think he'd be a better left fielder than center fielder because he has he's just not rangy enough, I suppose, for center field. And he'd make the outfield better. And then, then Brantley wouldn't have to play outfield either. So that's the thing. I, th- I think a lot of it all depends on what they think that they're going to get out of Michael Brantley defensively mm-hmm. in 2017 because I really think that we're getting to – like as long as he's healthy, I really think him and Santana should be – should turn into the DH slash first base kind of do. I don't think they're ready to do that though. Are they even if he's going to at least get a year more on the left field? I think, I don't know if how bad he would have to be to switch. I've only ever heard fans say that, that he should be switched, which I agree with. I mean, I agree with you, but that's the thing. Like if they do sign Fowler, then I I feel like Tyler Nickwood's going to make, is making the big league club. And that means, that means that he needs somewhere to play. And and Fowler's going to play every day, obviously. So he's not going to be playing center. So you need to play in left, or at least platoon in left with, I guess, Brandon Geyer and whoever else. And and then, of course, you have over in right, you have, um, what, Almonte and... Chisinau. Uh, Chisinau. And that's a pretty good outfield, actually. I mean, not great, but it's a pretty good outfield, so... I do think it is a little weird that the Indians haven't... I mean, it's only rumors, so we don't know what they actually have been talking about. But it seems like they're only in on, like, the big first baseman finding on the Napoli type. I thought they would be on some, some kind of, like, other Rajai Davis outfielder, but it's, like, Mitch Moreland, Adam Lind... 
Encarnacion now and Mike Napoli. So it's all they're looking for first base DH types. I don't know if they're looking at all for outfielders. Which is so confusing to me because the, the that is very much the antithesis of everything they've done in building the team over the last what five or so years, right? Like they've been mm-hmm. focusing on athletic, multiple position capable impact the game in multiple ways kind of players so it makes me wonder if they've got a lot of faith in yandy diaz and bradley zimmer coming up and contributing this next year if they're not really looking at outfielders at all though excellent point i mean well do you think yandy diaz then is i know we're going to answer a question from a a listener slash reader soon but i mean is he going to probably i guess he'll probably have to end up as a an outfielder huh because of ramirez and there's no real place for him in the infield anymore that's very i want him to basically be michael martinez that's Mm -hmm. martinez well, even That's even what Jose what Jose Ramirez did at the beginning of the year, where he was in left, he was at third. I think he mm-hmm. played he, he at one point. I think played short this year again, didn't he? On a Lindor off day. Yeah, a couple yeah, times. He, he played. He probably played four positions or at least three positions this year. Yeah, I think he, he ended up in center field, for a lot of third base. I think he ended up in center for like a, like a few innings or something at some point there. I must have blocked that out mentally. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was some weird, you know, dog days of July or something like that where we were all just yeah. kind of woozy and confused, not really paying attention to baseball kind of a thing. It seems like so long ago now that he was in left field and Juan Uribe was at third base. Oh, it's so weird to think about. Uh, I was but that, that, is, that is a real thing that happened. So the only thing I was going to say with the outfield is I guess they, they must believe in Yandy Diaz-Bradley Zimmer at some point. And they also just might buy into the Naquin, Abraham in center, and then Chisholm Hall and Guyer in right and Brantley in left, which that's a lot of things to hope for. You're hoping that Tyler Naquin can hit high fastballs more than once every 20 at-bats. And you're hoping Michael Brantley comes back healthy. So they're kind of betting on a lot of things going right, I guess, in the outfield. If they're not looking for anybody. And they're also hoping that Yandy Diaz develops and Bradley Zimmer develops. So that's kind of taking a risk in itself, I think, not looking at an outfielder. Does, I mean, that, that, I was, I've been thinking about this about Yandy Diaz, too. I mean, how much more, de- he seems like kind of a guy who's kind of hitting a ceiling at this point, right? Like, when, when you're hitting 320, 330, and he, I mean, even if it wasn't a lot of time there in uh, in AAA, I feel like he's kind of, at this point, he, like, I don't know. Like, what do you do with a player like that, too? You know, like, when you have a guy who's essentially... Well, you can't do much else with him in triple. Like Bradley Zimmer's one one thing; he needs to figure out how to hit better pitching. But Yandy Diaz, I don't know what, what what more do you do with a player like that? I think if he was projected to be like a thirty home run guy, even a twenty home run guy, Diaz would have been up last year oh, yeah. <laughs> or at some point yeah. this season. So I think that's part of the reason he's been held back a little bit. But I and. I don't necessarily want to jump out and answer the question that was asked on social media entirely, but I think unless he has a really terrible spring mm-hmm. that he is going to break with the club the same way Naquin did this past year. And then fitting yeah. in, in, as Matt mentioned, a kind of Michael Martinez role. Yeah. And I was wondering, but like, that's the thing that like, you want to let, let a bat like that stagnate. So, I mean, of course, there's no real place in the lineup. He would go every day. Cause I don't think he's going to every day separate center fielder, obviously. So, Mm-mm. Maybe he's a trade chip at some point. I don't know, he's almost like what we thought Eric Gonzalez was. Or he might be valuable to trade, but he ended up having <laughs> no value, pretty much. And the other thing with Diaz is maybe it's just because he walks so much and that doesn't always translate to the majors. Because he's seeing minor league pitching, maybe there's something they see that he won't be as great when he gets to the majors. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see him next year. I wanted him last year at the expanded rosters, but yeah, he, he let him play in the playoffs, that. which wow. maybe didn't hurt. So. Mm. So kind of on a similar thing, not quite winter meetings-ish, but if Mike Napoli doesn't come back, because he wants a multi-year deal, um, the Indians probably aren't going to give him a multi-year deal. I don't want them (laughs) to give him a multi-year deal. I don't even want him to give him a one-year deal. 
what do we think he's going to be be remembered like in Cleveland? Because in the end, he did only slash 239, 335, 465. He hit the 34 home runs, which is all a lot of people are going to care about. People still love Mike Napoli. Every time we post about the Indians either talking about Mike Napoli or talking about other first basemen, all the comments are just get Napoli back, party Napoli's all that. Um, then, of course, people remember the party at Napoli's and the veteran leadership thing. Even though he sort of disappeared at the end of the season, and I don't think the Indians are a team that need veteran leadership. They have, like, Lindor and Kipnis and even Chisholm Hall, I'd consider sort of a leader. So how are people going to remember Napoli in, like, five, ten years? Because this season's going to be remembered for a while just because they made the World Series, I think. Maybe not for most baseball fans, but for Indians fans, this is going to be one that sticks around for a while. And part of that is probably going to be Napoli, but how much outside of the slogan are people going to remember Mike Napoli on the Indians. Well, I mean, I didn't even think about this in, in terms of when, when you wrote this idea down pre-podcast. I didn't think about it even five or ten years from now. Because in five or ten years, people are going to remember kind of in order. Corey Kluber, uh, Francisco Lindor, uh, Andrew Miller, and, and the rest of the bullpen and the use of that. And then injuries to the pitching staff. So he'll probably be fifth or sixth in, in terms of being remembered at best. And even then, like, I don't know. though. I mean, I have... I have positive, like you said, the response we get whenever anyone writes about him, it's uh, it's positive. Like he was, he was a great addition to the club. He's a great a, a cult icon of sorts, I suppose. He gave some form of, I don't know, legitimacy somehow. I don't know. I I think it's I think it's a positive thing. In five years, though, yeah, people will talk about Mike Napoli as being that threat in the middle of the order that the Indians needed to kind of get over the hump from team on the rise to true contender. I guess I don't. I I think I think the way that like every time he was at he was at the plate in the postseason, I still had the hope he was going to hit a home run, even towards the end there, even when I knew it was all going to hell. And yeah. I don't, and like I was reading into it, I was like, but I, I still had the hope. So I think that's why it's a positive. If they sign him to another year and he just turned into garbage, I think that'd be a bad thing. But I think him leaving sort of on top the way he sort of did, sort of, <laughs> sort of, th- almost kind of a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why it'll be a positive thing down the line. But and, and that's the thing too, like. The way the Indians kind of churn through olding, aging sluggers, he might get lost in the shuffle a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, sorry, I opened the volume on the thing again. Threw me off. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about it? I forgot. Also, well, do I, you think... Oh, go ahead, Matt. For me, it best case scenario is that he's remembered for, one, being the great clubhouse guy and team leader that he was. Mm. But that's, I think, going to depend a lot on... If guys like Lindor and and Jose Ramirez and Naquin and some of the younger guys who during the season, there was some chatter about how Napoli and Uribe sort of helped all of the younger guys adjust a little bit and gave them tips at the plate. Um, But then at the same time, it could just end up being like bad Juan Gonzalez, where we just have the one year and he didn't have a war of like four and a half, five. But interestingly, it could end up being a squeezing the last juice out of a slugger again. Which isn't Gonzalez, always a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's not. But they got the juice out of Napoli, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I think they got all the juice about halfway through the season. And I like the thing that, that you said, Marin, about giving legitimacy to the Indians. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Well, he, Even if, it reminds me in a way of, I'm, I also want to be an Oakland Raiders fan. It reminds me of, and oh. this is a weird comparison, um, but the year, two years ago when they went 3-13, and 13, it was a terrible year in a way. In many ways, it was a, it was a terrible year. <laughs> uh, but they had players like Justin Tuck on that team who helped the young guys, as you said, Matt, not Matt Lyons, Matt, last <laughs> name I can't pronounce. Uh, he, they who He gave the young players who had skill the ability, uh, the, the understanding of what it takes to succeed in 
I guess, as a professional. So I think and that's the legitimacy I guess I'm talking about. He kind of brought a culture, it kind of solidified whatever culture shift Francona brought into the team. I don't know. Maybe this is all just hogwash because it's intangible garbage yeah, that you can't. It's impossible to quantify. Yeah, We're never going to have a statistic for glue guys. Exactly. But he's the kind of player who, you know, he's 30, he's 34 years old, but he's been through it time and again, and he's had his ups and his downs, and he's succeeded and failed. And him and rebate. Uribe to a slightly lesser extent, but still, again, a great guy who people love having around and who kind of just makes the long season seem shorter. They made these guys. God, Uribe was terrible offensively. Good lord! Um, <laughs> Did you just look again? And was I, it like I'm, shock to it? <laughs> oh, yeah, fifty-one OPS plus. Like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't know it was that bad. Uh, but no, it's it's like that. That's that's the thing. Players like that are, are important to a team that's kind of on the rise because even though Jason Kidman is twenty-nine already, which is mind blowing to me. He still seems like a young guy because he hasn't really been in a limelight, I suppose. But Lindor is 22. Ramirez is 23, you know. I mean, there's so many young guys on this team that are going to be kind of cornerstones for at least a few years. So I, th- I think that's that's the important thing that Mike Napoli will be remembered for, I suppose. Yep. And I think a lot of people are going to remember Party at Napoli's, too. Right. I, I think that was, one of the be- I, that was one of the best things, I think, to come out just of Just as a fan season. enjoyment thing, I right. think was huge. No, I mean, it was just... I guess, how, how often does a home run become more than a home run? Like that's right. that's what happened every time we had a home run. It was it was an event. It was it wasn't just a run being scored. It was, it was a party in Napoli's, and I think that's a cool thing. Plus, you know, the charity thing they did too. Yeah, and we should give credit to that was Nate Crow Hipster Tito on Twitter, who's awesome. They did the whole. Oh, they did that shirt, and I what a charity did that go to it was some kids' cancer foundation was really neat, and Nate got to go on the field and meet Mike and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. the Indians really embraced it too, which is cool. They they yeah. easily could have just shrugged it off as. One fan holding up a sign, but they really ran with it. And their social media game is just—it may be the best in all of baseball. Like the way they uh, they utilize it to just embrace the fans is just—I love it. I don't know. It's it's incredible to me. I'm a little biased, but I think it might be the best in sports. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's—I don't follow a lot of hockey, and I don't know. I don't, I don't follow a ton of basketball either. But football doesn't allow for it. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Best in sports. <laughs> I would call it that without looking at the other ones, I think. Because no, they're, really they're even slaying on Reddit now. I think there's like <laughs> four or five other baseball teams that have an account at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like Major League Baseball official has one. The Indians have one. And the Indians one, is, they're so active on the Indians subreddit, too. So it's like they're just they're really part of it. It's crazy. They're really what part we're talking of it. Oh, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm just I'm just jabbering. Don't mind me. <laughs> well, saying so, while we're talking about good Indians things, the Indian subreddit's really good, too. I like that. I like how they always do the Snapchat filtered pictures on the side with big moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. favorite was like Lonnie Chisholm when he had it when his shirt was ripped. That was, that was so a funny one. That was a sexy <laughs> picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just edit that part and just repeat it on the end exit. <laughs> that was a sexy picture. That was a sexy picture. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> so, um, other than because I mean the Indians, it's not a very exciting winter meetings for them. I was all prepared to just lock myself in a room and write about them, but if they sign in Canarsion, we'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. But for now, there's not a whole lot really. They're just kind of tied to stuff. They failed to sign a couple players. They're Are you not serious. We're not. We're not even going to mention it. The mystery what? team that's in on Andrew McCutcheon right now. Well, they are not the mystery team. Literally my favorite <laughs> player in all of baseball, and there's a mystery team in on him? <laughs> I doubt they are the mystery are you, team. I hope you, they're not. Are the you going to sit there and kill any minute hope I might have to get Andrew McCutcheon <laughs> on the Cleveland Indians? No, sir. I will not I will not have that. 
He's, it's, Do you want me to give you the floor and you can talk about how great it's going to be if he gets traded to Cleveland? He'll, he's going to be incredible. He's going to win an MVP. I mean, he's <laughs> 2016 was a fluke. Are you kidding me? He's going to come back. He's going to put up 7-8-9 war. He's going to be incredible, guys. It's going to be – oh, I can't wait. He's so if this cool. Doesn't happen, you can all email Merritt directly. I will leave his email in the comments. By all means. <laughs> or, or email – Email your support of my rants. Yes, because this would be great. This would be the best move they've ever made if they get Andrew McCutcheon. This so would be the reverse. Of the, come from? This would be the reverse of the of, of the Rocky Colavito deal. This would turn into. I'm, I'm reading the curse of Rocky Colavito right now, so that that whole era is in my head. Uh, but this would be the, the the sea change. This would lead to championships with a plural. I'm really. You know, I, well, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Where'd the love for McCutcheon come from? I don't know. I've just always loved him. Um, I don't know. I read the way he, his all-around game, the way that he doesn't do any one thing great, but he just let so many things well. I His style, I guess. I loved his hair when he still had the long dreads. <laughs> the Pirates have cool colors, too. Um, the, way, reasons. the way that... I, and I, I, I did some mental math on this. It's some crazy gymnastics. But he wears number 22, and the position he plays is 8. And if you add those up, it's 30. And Roberto Clemente wore 21, and his position number was 9 for right field. And that adds up to 30 as well. And I thought to myself, he's the second coming of Roberto Clemente, a player I love. So That's solid. That is a solid theory. <laughs> I just think he's a cool player. I don't know. I used, Just the way he kind of brought the Pirates back. And the Pirates, I think, have one of the best uniforms in all sports. The ones where they have like the, like the pole over like, like vest thing. I don't know. I just they they have neat style and I think he's awesome. I think he's if they trade him when they trade him, it's going to be a sad day for I think sports. Honestly, Matt, are you in the cult? Well, he's due for a bounce back. I think I, I oh, slightly. <laughs> I don't think that he's dead like some people are basically saying entirely. Because from 2012 to 2015, he hit 313, 404, 523 is an OPS plus of a 157. You don't just and, get bad that quickly. Like uh, and, he had the thumb injury all season long, so right. And then you look at Carlos Baerga. Like he went from an all star to YZ in the league in like two months. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so, twenty nine though. That's the thing. Andrew McCutcheon is turning thirty. Like I, I know we all talk about that, that being the downswing of a player's career, but Miguel Cabrera has been on the downswing of his career for four years, and all he does is the Indians for last three and a half of them. Although, just apropos of almost nothing, apparently he posted his exact career line this year or so close to it, it's not even funny. So I think this is the kind of inflection point of Miguel Cabrera's career. Everything from here is, is officially yes. downhill. Oh, don't be mean, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if they don't trade him this offseason, they're screwed. So I hope they don't yeah. trade No, I agree with you. I agree with you on both counts. But yeah, back <laughs> to McCutcheon. I, I don't know. I It'd be a crazy deal. But, you know, I mean, hey, he's a center fielder, he's an outfielder, and he's good. He's definitely due for a bounce back, and he's on the block. I mean, I just, I feel like the too many pieces are there for me not to at least get some hopes up there. So before we let you sell the entire farm, Matt, what would you <laughs> want to give up for Andrew McCutcheon? For me, that's the thing, is if the Pirates are willing to deal him, that's almost an indication that maybe you shouldn't <laughs> trade for him. <laughs> Because they have some reason to believe that other teams aren't aware of that maybe it's time to cut bait. And I like I think Zimmer would probably have to be part of the deal. And I don't know yeah, if I would yeah. want to give up that unless we're would. sure that Greg Allen is going to be a 300, 400, 500 guy in the pros. But 
he's still a double A, so anything could happen. Yeah. I think I'd be okay with giving up if it was Zimmer, I wouldn't want to give up a whole lot else. But you're gonna have to give up Zimmer and some other stuff for him, I think. They well, also him, want starting pitching like in the majors. Him or Mejia. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'd be okay with moving an arm for him, perhaps. And I don't know, Grant Brisby had an article about about the idea of a McCutcheon deal the other day, saying how I mean, like you said, Matt, it's definitely in a, in a way an indication that, that maybe it's time to make a move. But it's also just the real situation that the Pirates play in a market perhaps smaller than Cleveland. When you right. when you really get they got to count numbers, you can't like he you can't afford him anymore. Like that's the thing. You need to be cold and unfeeling about it, and you need to be able to make if you want to continue to not be completely awful like they were for 20 whatever years it was you need to be able to hold in a feeling and make the move before he can just leave in free agency and you don't get anything back so yeah when you look at like the twins and Mm -hmm. i would say the reds too where the twins went all in to keep joe mauer and that didn't really help and then the reds have joey Votto now but the worst pitching staff in the history of baseball, basically. So. They're super bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. he's amazing, and they have a bunch. Of, yeah, him and him and a bunch of garbage. Like that's the thing, and the the you don't want to be caught in that. I mean, they are in a situation too with their division where the in the Pirates. I mean, where they they need to kind of tread water for a couple of years because they're not winning the division most likely, and yeah. then getting a wild card in the in the NL is already you have to get past one of the two teams out west, and then back east there's two teams that are very good and a, probably a third team in the Marlins who might be on the upswing, not to mention the Braves who are rebuilding quickly. So they're in, they're in a weird point where they were good and won, won 98 games in 2015. And that might've been their high watermark. So they have a bunch of young, young guys who are still cheap. And then they have McCutcheon who's making, he's making a lot of money is the thing. He signed what a $51 million deal. So he's only making, I mean, he's making $14 million. That's a lot of money, obviously, but, for what he put not for him, <laughs> what he exactly he was worth how many? Yeah, he was worth nearly five wins last year. Oh man, I mean, he, his I mean his WAR has been dropping every year for the last well, really since he won the MVP, I suppose eight point one six and a third and yeah. four point nine. So, but I guess I'm just saying he's. I think that's the kind of trade that's worth the risk. I suppose I know the Indians have a very good farm system, but it's not like they'd be dumping you know, the next Chris Bryant or anything. I think, if anything, the Pirates would probably want, like you said, Major League Pitching, but probably uh, that catcher they have, what, Mejia, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Who's yeah, to, it depends on how far they're away from rebuilding, I guess, because he's exactly. quite a few years away still. Well, that, that, he's supposed to be the best catcher in all of minor league baseball. I read that report somewhere. So, I mean, I, I'd want him, honestly. And Zimmer's star has faded a little bit, but um, I don't know. I just think it's it's kind of move that, you, that if you're a team where the Indians find themselves now, I know you need to always make sure you have the bullets for the future, but getting it done now is very important too. And, and then that too, you'd save the draft pick and you'd be able to continue to keep the farm system flowing. And I don't know. I mean, I, I assume the Indians are going to find themselves in that position also having to trade away some of the guys they have now within the next two well, years. It's going to be painful. Oh, it's don't, gonna, it's, don't think about that now. Don't, well, don't I don't want to, but, head. you know, I feel real bad for the pirates though, because I, I, that's, that's, that's sticks. Well, then. I should have a disclaimer. I don't feel bad for the pirates at all. Because I grew up like in a place, I've said this on the podcast before, I don't think when you guys were on though, but it was like an intersection between Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. And I grew up hating Buff or hating Pittsburgh more than I like Cleveland, and eventually it grew to loving Cleveland. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> so I don't feel bad for the Pirates at all. I, I like Andrew McCutcheon as a person. It's unfortunate he's in Pittsburgh, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, bring him to Cleveland then. He'll exactly. look great in uniform. I mean, that's a So before we move on, uh, Paul Robert Balter in the comments, he said, 
Um, cut could be dealt for Naquin, Merritt, and another mid-tier guy. If Me? the Pirates what? accepted <laughs> They really like your articles on Saturday. I mean, they don't have anybody to cover. He might mean Riot and Merritt. I'm not sure. We'll see. It might be Merritt Rolfing. But if the if the Pirates accepted that deal, I would run and kidnap McCutcheon and sign the papers before they could say no because oh, yeah. that would be insane. Well, what did <laughs> That's say not even close. Naquin, Naquin Merritt, Merritt some another mid tier guy. So oh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's gonna have to be a top a top tier guy or two. Like that's the thing. Right. Like these guys, those guys are pretty good, but it's I don't think Naquin, to... Merritt, and Zimmer would be enough. I think Naquin, Salazar, and someone else probably gets looked at more seriously. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's gonna have to be a top, uh, easily a top three prospect, and then probably a top ten prospect, and then probably a major leaguer to get him. Yeah, which is not saying you know it's. I don't know. I think that's still. I I find that to be acceptable. I guess if I, I could save Scum as the Indians' GM in real life, like I was playing OOTP, I would go wild this off season and like trade Salazar, trade Naquin, trade Mejia, trade Zimmer, just go all in one year for one championship. And if it works, I'm a legend. Oh yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work, oh no, the game crashed. <laughs> Nothing. No, if you had some place you could do that and then write about it and write about the results hmm. interesting because i just thinking <laughs> I, I don't know if naquin's ceiling is ever going to look higher than it is and i'm still worried about salazar's elbow exploding again and he's still considered to be a stud pitcher so there's part of me that maybe i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> but then i don't know if they're going to trade him for i don't know players <laughs> it's right. going to have to be a pretty solid player that's no, yeah, so, it's going to have to be potential cornerstones, I guess. Because, again, he's he's more than just a player. He's also the emotional center of the team at the time, which is a hard thing to trade for or trade around, but I don't know. So the other thing uh, in the winter, winter meetings at the end on Thursday, it'll kind of close down with the Rule 5 draft. Uh, it takes place on Thursday at 9 in the morning. Uh, the Indians, they protected. Who was it? Was it just? How did I already forget who they protected? I even had a list of these in front of me, and I closed the window. <laughs> Damn it! Why did I, I know do Brian's that? Listening. Brian, I read your article and I knew it. I had they it in my head. They protected Mejia because he there was going to go. be eligible. I, I couldn't think it was him. I thought he was still too young. Okay, so it is Mejia, um, but they left exposed. Uh, the, the most likely to be taken, if anybody, is going to be Nelly Rodriguez, Jeff Johnson, Anthony Santander. May, he's like the least because he has a shoulder injury, and like Brian said in his post, he's still pretty far away. So that'd be a pretty high jump for somebody to take him and put him right on their forty-man roster. So if anything, either Nelly Rodriguez or Jeff Johnson. Uh, is it, are you guys worried about either of them or anybody else really getting taken in the Rule 5 draft? I know how exciting the Rule 5 draft is. I don't know. Nelly Rodriguez reminds me of too many other players in the uh, Indians front, in the Indian system. He reminds me kind of of Bobby Bradley. These are just guys, I don't know. I, these are the guys, just guys that seem like that. I don't know. Again, it's 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 not exciting, and it's a bunch of guys who I barely have an idea. I, there's some of these names I recognize, but I'm not super worried about it. I, I'm I'm... I assume that the front office is good enough where they can pull some of these other guys that are in the draft away from some others. You know, they'll be able to find some talent somewhere else to make up for whatever they lose. I mean, there's pretty good players out there. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that it's are, worth noting, you rarely get anybody great from the Rule 5 draft. Right. Considering every team picks so many picks every draft, like one every couple of years, it turns mm-hmm. out to be a star. So I wouldn't be too worried. But if anybody, I'm worried about Rodriguez panning out, but that's about it. But like you said, he's basically Bobby Bradley with less power. So yeah. So if he if he made it anyway, the Indians wouldn't have a use for him. I don't think. So. What about you, Matt? I think someone might roll the dice on Nelly Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. It would be a bottom third tier team, I think, that would take the chance. But he does have intriguing power stats, and if he's a guy that continues to develop and continues to grow, then that's potentially 
a great pick. So just to, I'm just looking here. So some of the players that have previously been picked in the Rule Five draft, and it's not, it's never likely that this happens. But Roberto Clemente, Johan Santana, Dan Ugla, Josh Hamilton, and Joachim Soria. See, no Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> Mike Yastrzemski. I just listened to a to a effectively wild episode where they talked about um, sons of major leaguers turning into major leaguers and it's like a one in like you have like a one in like 25 chance or something like that of producing like a viable major leaguer i mean obviously the numbers are much worse for a grandson of a hall of famer but that's a pick i'd make yeah. right there any day of the week mike ostremski grandson carl ostremski anyway sorry i just <laughs> i just saw that name there i got excited it's just, I mean, he, you know, Rodriguez would have to stay on the, the other team's roster, the 25-man for the entire year, right? I thought it was just a 40-man. Uh, I think man. it's 40. Okay. That's yeah, a there's, like, more... different levels, and I think the, where Nelly is, the, he should be on the 40, not the 25, I think. So, wait, hold on. I just saw a tweet that said Jordan Bass had been surprised, and then it went away. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Indian surprised the baseball world by signing Encarnacion, but he said they surprised the world by trading for Miller. Could they do it with Encarnacion, too? So, Okay. Almost had a heart attack. It's avoided. Man, could have been they did not send him. Speaking <laughs> of breaking news on Twitter that's not breaking, E.E. E. Gammons just busted down the door. This is just to say the Indians have traded Eric Gonzalez. Forgive them. The offer <laughs> was too big. I love that account. I don't know why it hasn't blown up. Have you seen it, Merritt? No, oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you need to follow it. It's basically like horse ebooks, but I'm, uh, it's just a guy just doing things, right? It's not like he's scraping anything. I think it's it's either actually a bot or it's someone who's constantly reloading that humbug baseball news generator and just posting the best stuff. <laughs> either way, it's amazing. It's just like weird Twitter, but automatic. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, the winter meetings are going to come to an end soon. What's the one thing, if you could tell the Indians before it ends, that they should do? They should do or not do? Um, we'll let Merritt go first this time. The one thing that you'd want to tell the Indians before it's over. We do something. Honestly, that's, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> Anything. I don't know. M- make a move because they're, you know, they're in a position to make, to do something big and they have world series run money, which when you think about it really isn't a ton of money, I guess, because it's really all just the money from ticket sales and get and stuff, but they still have it and they are close and they're going to be better next year. So whether it's getting a better outfielder, whether it's finding an outfield bat, whether it's trading for Andrew McCutcheon, shoot, I wouldn't be happy in two or three years with Edwin Anacarnacion. But <laughs> would you be happy right now? I'll be happy. Hell yeah. I mean, come on. At the same time, it's like, yeah, dingers. We love these. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, as long as I just not in do action, something. you know, do something. Don't just sign a random guy, I guess, you know, don't be the ones, don't be the team that flail that Matt Holiday and Carlos Beltran. What is it with this team's infatuation with Carlos Beltran? This is like the fourth, it seems like the last two or three years they tried to trade for him. He's and the one who got away. Constantly, you know, they're always just, just <laughs> reaching for him. Please, Carlos. He's like, no, never you. Never it's you. It's like that he, one mean Wolverine with the picture frame. It's just Chris Anthony come. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, just, just don't be the team that flailed at, at a couple of these aging bats and missed because of a couple million dollars. I mean, I, I, I know, again, they're in a situation of financial dire straits, and they always will be because that's the way it is. But I don't know. Something. Some action, I guess. Whether it's just for fun just or... Do a th- thing. Do a thing. Just anything. <laughs> what about you, Matt? 
I would say just don't be afraid to toss a weird contract out there. Like maybe offer Incarnacion four years, but then he can opt out after the first and the third. Like just I like that. Put everything out there on the table as an option. And maybe he's not necessarily the guy you give that crazy offer to. Maybe you go for Fowler, pay him twenty million dollars the first year, but he can opt out and then he's got two other years guaranteed. I don't know. Like maybe that's too much, but like one of those Cespedes deals. Yeah, I like that yeah. deal. I like that deal a lot. Actually, that, yeah. that'd be something good for Encarnacion too, because nobody wants him now. And then the CBA is going to change next season, so he won't have to worry about the whole qualifying offer thing. So mm-hmm. that'd be really good for him too, I think. <clears throat> so mine <laughs> is the exact opposite. I'd said don't overreact. <laughs> like I, I don't think signing Encarnacion to a big deal is considered overreacting. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine, but don't like. They're going to get Michael Brantley back. They're going to get Carrasco and Salazar. They're a team that made it to the World Series, and they're going to get better just by what's coming back. So don't freak out and <laughs> sink the franchise for 10 years to slightly improve your chances next season. That's a lot I'd want to see. And that's fair. It's just, I don't know. You want, I don't know. You need, they, 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 but they need to do something. I, I'm sure right. you agree. I, mean, I want to do something. Sim- too, simply yeah. because they, they have holes in the roster, I guess. Just do a thing. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess I mean as as well as they did against the Cubs. The Cubs are an overpowering force. If they make the World Series, they're probably going to see again. And I don't know. They need to. I don't know. They need to. They need to get better because you always need to get better because everyone else is going to get better too that they're trying to beat. So yeah, I don't know. Yep. So our last thing today, uh, we're going to answer as always on on Monday. I keep wanting to say Thursdays, but we switch it to Mondays. On Mondays, we always ask on Twitter and Facebook to send us questions. We'll answer them on the podcast. This time, uh, if anybody's listening down, you have one, throw it in the comments. If we see it, we'll answer it while we're going through. Uh, why not? So anybody's here can ask one. We got a bunch lined up anyway. So we'll start with uh, at SSS Josh Nelson. He's from our the White Sox ah, sister site on SB Nation. He wants to know, based on the World Series 1, do you envision that the Indians' payroll will rise? Uh, Matt, what do you think? Are the Indians' payroll going to go up because they went to the World Series? A little bit, but it's not going to be anything world breaking and i think if it is sort of a somewhat significant amount it would be because the big takeaway from winter meetings or something is that the indians extended lindor and gave him a a, a solid deal but i don't know it's not going to be anything significant so nothing like tied directly to the fact that they went to the world series it's kind of natural having to pay your core more because they're getting older right yeah i think i think i said it before yeah they according to baseball reference their salary at the end of 2016 was 90 was 69 million dollars that seems wrong who those to be getting it last year yeah that's definitely wrong <laughs> is um, it not including like arbitration or i i well that, that's as of the i think that's as of the beginning of 2016 I, i'm not really sure how they how they did this but this that is, wouldn't uh, have counted be, arbitration then or things like getting andrew miller who's who's being paid you know they're paying the back end of their bullpen a quarter of their, of their total um anyway this suggests it's going to rise north of a hundred million dollars, which is something. It's something I could see, I guess. But yeah. I swear it's got to be higher than that. It's got to be. I need to. It's find not. Six, it's like ninety right now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it's, it's, it's really low close. Ages, Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I think it'll go up some. Again, paying arbit- arbitration things and maybe laying some more money out, but not, nothing. It's not going to. It's not going to top hundred. I, I think one hundred and ten is the hardest ceiling you could imagine, and it's definitely not that. They are selling a lot more season tickets this year. I, I saw. Which is nice, but you know. part of that was because you had to do that to get a World Series ticket. <laughs> so I hope right, those people yeah. still show up. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it will either. Uh, just maybe kind of natural consequences. Even if they wanted to improve it, I don't think they can because if you look at uh, this year alone in Arb three, it's just Brian Shaw. He's the only one. But next year there's going to be Geyer, McAllister, Chisholm, Allen, who are all going to get really expensive really quick. Uh, depending on who 
sort of emerges at that point. Maybe they can get rid of McAllister and Chisholm, but you're still going to have to pay Allen and Geyer, and maybe at that point they'll have some kind of extension for Lindor. And so whatever free agent they get, they're going to be bumping up against the rising arbitration costs. It's kind of like the two-sided coin of having a good young core coming up. It's going to get really expensive really quick, I think. That's why I would have said before, but them trading some of these guys away soon is going to happen. They got to do somebody. Like Jan Gomes is getting paid twice as much as the guy who's probably going to start over. And I'm like, eh, what a mess. What a mess. Because <laughs> he was really good that one year. He sure was, was though. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he should do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so at 330 in 513 asked, do you see them adding a center fielder or just roll with Abe? We kind of answered this one before, but my answer was basically that they're not linked to any so far. So probably not. I think they're just going to go with Abe and Tyler. But what do you think, uh, Merritt? I'd like them to. I said before, obviously, the McCutcheon thing, um, more realistically, I, I do think Fowler is available. Um, but for cheaper, even, and this isn't necessarily a center fielder thing, but it's an addition to the outfield that will make center field better. Someone like uh, Colby Rasmus, who plays in center, plays he played left a lot in uh, Houston as well. He's good defensively. He's got a good bat, too. And he's much cheaper than some of these other guys, I think. So he, could probably, so he could probably be had, and, and his ability to play defense, kind of like a, a poor man's Alex Gordon type of thing, you know, where he's just very good in left. So that makes person center a little bit better. It makes guy in right a little bit better. So everyone gets better just by virtue of the fact that everyone's a little bit better. Um, but yeah, and, and again, a whole year of uh, Almonte, which I'm totally cool with. I like him. I think he's just a younger version of Rajai Davis at this point, minus the steals, I suppose. So... That's a good comparison, I think. Rajai Davis without the speed, yeah. I, I don't know. Which, I, I mean, I, of course, most of Rajai's value is the speed, but... Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like he was a great defender or anything like that. But, you know, the, the, all the other offensive numbers were there. And, like, yeah. in terms of wins above replacement, it, they, they rate out similarly. And Abe can play almost every day because he's a switch hitter, too. So, yep. um, I really do think they missed him a little bit. I mean, even if he wasn't a great player, I think they definitely could have used him. This was the last out of the damn World Series with Michael Martinez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the 25th man. Who cares? He won't ever come up. Um, I remember that exact thing being said when it was revealed that he'd be there. And then. <laughs> and then. I th- I, I, whether, whether big or small, I definitely think we're going to see a couple, another outfielder at, obviously because they have to. But um, I, I still think they're going to do what they can to not have Brantley play outfield that much since he's still healing. And so he's going to definitely DH, I'd say, at least 40 or 50 games. Like something, yeah. some number like that. So. Getting a guy like Rasmus will make life a lot easier for everyone else. What about you, Matt? I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that I, how it feels right now with the winter meetings? It's, who knows? Yeah, like I've talked a little bit about them maybe going out and getting Cole Calhoun. I don't think the Angels are going to do anything. But again, that doesn't quite address center field entirely. I wouldn't be opposed at all to having Davis back. It just feels like because there's a couple good-looking center field prospects coming up, we would maybe only need a guy who plays for one or two years. It's just the problem is these one or two years are probably the Indians' best chance to win a World Series for a while. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so you know who would solve center field? Trading for uh, Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout. <laughs> Let's just do that. I can't. Can we just do that? Just, uh, Anaheim I... can have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the free <laughs> stamp. We'll ship them Lake Erie. They, they want can have Cleveland if they want. Dude, they need they need water out in California. Actually, <laughs> here's a great lake. Either trade them, or we don't send the water. That's how it works. I also like. I just I just forgot about this. But Austin Jet. I mean, I can't remember who it was that made the comment on Twitter when some one of the one of the two center fielders made a boneheaded play in 
game six, I think it was, that ended up losing them a game. But Austin Jackson would have made that play, and he's available. I mean, he's good. He's not great, but he's pretty good, and he could probably be had relatively, and he could be had for a year or two also. I mean, I'm sure he wants more than a year's, probably hates being a mercenary the way he is, but. I was all for him last year, too. Yeah, yeah, same here. So I think I think he'd be good. I, I just, but a guy like that is gettable, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Um, again, yeah, Rajai Davis, not Alejandro Deaza ever. Please no. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, that's that, that's a sign I could realistically expect. But I still think something like uh, Fowler is out of the realm of possibility. Yep. Uh, so the next one, Scott Sorensen in the comments, he wants to know, is Bobby Bradley a real option at first base if we can't sign Edwin Encarnacion? Not this year, not next year, <laughs> probably not the year after that, but eventually, probably by the time Carnarcion's contract would be up, I think Bobby Brown would be back, <laughs> but not in a couple years. <laughs> he is the future, he's just not the now. He's not going to be up anytime soon. Is he still, where is he? Is he, what, single A? High A. I, yeah, okay. He made it to Lynchburg. He was. I think he was really good in Lynchburg. I mean, the batting average is there, but it's never going to be there. He no, he's runs be or nothing. Yeah, he hit a ton of home runs. Walked a good amount of times, so I don't know. He's he's he's, he's a, a really kind of player. interesting bat. Yeah, he's the kind of player I don't really pay attention to in the minors until the pitching actually. Like I went to a lot of high A uh, when I was living in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. The pitching is garbage. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> and then there's always one guy who's amazing. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not really going to pay attention to what he's doing until he gets into something. And he's gonna. I I assume he's going to be moving quickly because you know he's only 20. He's already hitting basically 30 home runs. So like you said, all or nothing. But yeah. To answer the question directly, not not for a while, no. Not for Any a differing while. opinion, Matt, or do you think Bobby Bradley will be up at 19 <laughs> It would be incredible, but I, I, he's at least two years away, I think. Yeah, but when he does get up here, it's going to be exciting. I don't think he's going to be another Jesus Aguilar. There's something real with Bobby Bradley that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, what are we at here? We're like 50 minutes. Uh, do you guys want to squeeze in two more or just one more question? Yeah, let's do two more. Okay. So, uh, well, here real quick. This we already talked about this mostly. Um, so, three thirty and five one three also wanted to know when will Yandy Diaz make it to the tribe? My answer was going to be post All Star break. So, what's yours, Matt? I think it should just be the beginning of the year. He's like twenty. He's twenty five or twenty six now. So it's not like not like keeping more team control is really that important at this point. He's already a couple years away from what's usually a hitter's prime. So just the numbers that he's posted and there's been a lot of stuff coming out saying that his defense is not good, which is weird because I had heard that he was actually possibly one with his arm strength, but two for his versatility and range. Like he could be a, a capable defender at the major league level. And a lot of people are saying he's destined for first. So I'm a little more bullish on him than that. Again, I don't think he finds 600 plate appearances next year. But I think he could contribute with three or four hundred, and they would probably be not better quite the Michael level Martinez. we've seen in Columbus. But oh god, <laughs> much much better than Michael Martinez. If that's the bar, he's got to be up like now. <laughs> Is he on the the forty man roster? I don't think so. I mean, that's not a big deal if he's not. But I'm just saying that's kind of a he doesn't need to be because he was signed really late. I'm almost uh, positive. Okay, I mean, again, he was old when he started. Here's a I big mean, if true from the Facebook comments. <laughs> Evidently, Ooh. the Indians have acquired Chris Sale, Andrew McCutcheon, and Edwin Encarnacion. Yes. have not yet confirmed. Wow, There's no reason to fact check that. It is confirmed. Finally, they Thank got you, the Luke lefty Randall. they needed. All right. Um, <laughs> Just for anybody listening, no, it's not true. Just in case. I don't want to freak anybody out. But no, they didn't acquire all those. Thank you, Luke. I don't think that's quite true. 
I'm just looking at the Indians 40 man roster, and I mean, Jesus Aguilar is on there. So I'm totally fine with him being removed from that because what are you doing with a four? I don't know. Um, but I, I don't, I think, I don't know. Andy Diaz is an interesting case, I suppose, because definitely, as you said, Matt, he's not really, and as I mentioned before, too, he doesn't really have much more of a ceiling, I don't think. I mean, unless he suddenly develops some power, he's never going to be a big power hitter. He's just kind of a, a contact hitter, you know, kind of a gap hitter, line drive type of guy. So he didn't hit a single double in Akron in 2016. I don't think his power showed up until like triple A. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he hit 325. And then that's the thing, too. I mean, how eye raising is that sudden thing, I suppose, you know, like. That was his knock all along is he didn't have power. That's why he wasn't brought up quicker. So when yeah. he suddenly got that is when people started to pay attention and say he could be something. But He's definitely a player who, I mean, I'd be, I'd honestly be okay with him sitting on him for even another year or two because, I mean, as much as I just said he probably doesn't have much of a ceiling, he's still only 25 and he's still kind of growing into his body and maybe he'll kind of evolve, he'll, he'll hit that kind of Brantley-esque point where all of a sudden he goes from just kind of eh, too great because he can hit suddenly hit the ball an extra uh, on average five to eight feet or something like that. So yeah, that usually helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a boost. You know, those those, <laughs> those, those Warren Trek flats are dingers all of a sudden and whatnot. But um, yep. As to when you're going to see Diaz, I mean, I still think it's a chance to break it with a cl- break camp with the big club out of spring if he has a good spring. Otherwise, you probably won't see him. Until, I I don't think you'll see him until 2017 unless an injury happens. And then who's to say? I mean, will he? Can he play? That's a real question. Can he play left field? You know, like he hasn't, but can he? That's the real question. I'm definitely going to watch and see where he plays in the minors mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. I think if he is, if he doesn't break with the club, he's going to get a ton of work in the outfield. I don't know any reason why you'd play him in the outfield anymore. Cause you're going to have Giovanni Urshela at third base anyway. Mm-hmm. Remember that guy, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I had such hopes for him. You know, I was really excited that he'd be like the answer. And he just, he was not, not the me. answer. He was a ruse. <laughs> So our last question uh, comes from Wally Wally's world on Twitter. He wants to know how it's a three part question here. So the first one, how MLB good is Zimmer is Allen, Greg Allen, potentially better with different skill set, and are either of them a 2017 core guy? So I think they're basically like, if you're rating them just on a scale, I would say they're both almost even, but Bradley has better power or Zimmer has better power. He's still the better prospect overall. I think Allen is more exciting right now just because he came out of nowhere, but Looking in a realistic way, I think Zimmer still overall is the better prospect. Uh, neither of them are going to be, if they're up in 2017, it'll be like the roster expansion. Neither of them are going to be a core player this season. Maybe next year, but not this year. I mean, like you said, Greg Allen came out of essentially nowhere. I yeah. can't I can't really get that excited about a guy who's had half a season, maybe a little more of success in the minors, whereas obviously Zimmer's been... The you know he's been cut the crown jewel a crown jewel of the farm system for several years now. He's supposed to be the one who was you know like he was supposed to be the one essentially him and him and Fraser and now the Fraser's gone. It was going to be it's supposed to be him. So I <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think you'd see him until at least the All Star break, if not ex- roster expansion. And again, it's hard to be a core guy. I say this even as I look at stats and notice Francisco Lindor. It's hard to be a guy to come up and immediately become a core player. Um, <laughs> But, no, I don't think he'll be a core guy. I, th- I think he could take Tyler Naquin's job. I think he could take... This well, season? No, nah, not this season. But, well, maybe this season. I mean, I, that's the thing. He struck out so much when he came up to, tri- to AAA. But that was last year. We don't know. He, he had a very good fall in uh, fall ball. Yeah, I, think he, he, I think he made, like, the all-star team or whatever down there. So Yeah, the strikeout issues are still there. But he hit really well right. in the fall and, league. 
And then we strikeouts happen. Um, Mike Trout strikes out a lot. So <laughs> let's all compare players to Mike Trout, right? That's a good thing to do. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that won't end, sadly. Um, <laughs> Mike Trout had a problem with high fastballs. So did Tyler Naquin. Uh, there you Ooh, go. Tyler Naquin is going to be Mike Trout. Confirmed. Read the pro quo. That's not <laughs> how Merritt Rolfing 2016. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> this is not the first time I've said that. I've written that two or three times, actually, just this year alone. Um, I don't know. It's. I don't think you're going to see him soon. I don't think either of them are going to be a core player, and I don't. I have no feeling way or the other on Greg Allen because he had he's been good for not long enough for me to. I, I'm not big on recency bias. I'm not big on a guy being good for one year and suddenly him jumping over a guy who's you know been on track to be a solid major leaguer for his entire minor league career. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> agree or disagree, Matt? I basically agree. I think Zimmer's probably going to be a very good center fielder for the Indians for maybe three or four years moving forward, not necessarily this year. I think after the All-Star break or if there are injuries, it's probably the right track for this year. But even before he went up to AAA and the strikeout issues got even worse, he's always kind of been like a five-tool light guy Mm -hmm. where he's not exemplary at any one thing, but he's pretty good at all of them. Um, so I knowing that that that's been it since like even the Cubs drafted him out of high school in the 23rd round in like 2011 because of that kind of potential. Of course, he didn't sign, but <laughs> they still got him. Then, yeah, I, I think he could be like a three wins above guy. I kind of feel like that's where his ceiling is. And that's fine for that's most great. of the league yeah, to have a center fielder awesome. like that. He's not quite an all star, but, you know, a premium defensive position is being played by someone who is above average. Delightful. <laughs> I will take that absolutely, especially compared to seeing the bad part of Naquin for half a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't so, think they've had a good center fielder since, like an actual good defensive center fielder since Lofton or, Sizemore or Grace Sizemore. Yeah, <laughs> skip right over Grady. Jeez, you just skipped. Him. Come on, <laughs> he was good for like three years. And that's mean. I, even uh, those guys. I mean, I think Tris Speaker might be the last one for being serious here. <laughs> <laughs> who was really good he was very just, good his fielding percentage is out of sight and that's all we have to go on from back then so I mean, and this one guy from the plains dealer said he was really good that one time so i'm pretty sure he was good <laughs> so yeah that's all the questions we have that's pretty much our podcast this is the part where jason and i usually talk about what we're doing the upcoming week and we're both boring semi-old people jason's really old i'm not quite as old as him but anything exciting you guys are doing coming up I am continuing to sell HVAC parts. So there you go. <laughs> it's going that super great. Thrilling. <laughs> thrilling stuff. Hey, if you want to hear me talk more baseball, tune in tomorrow somewhere. I have a, I'm have a guest on our podcast tomorrow as well. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> you don't remember the name of it? <laughs> tune in you tomorrow. You were going into that plug and then you forgot. It is, called, it is called The Knockout on ScoreSpace. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm on around 9.30, so there you go. I think, we, I think I'll be talking about one of the central divisions. I don't know which one yet. The host hasn't told me. But you yeah, said central divisions be there. Get ready. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> what, what could this mean? I have to do. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Cool. I will link to it in our little post on the site and everything when we do it, so they can find you there. Uh, and, and you'll always find you on Let's Go Tribe 2 Wednesdays and Saturdays, like I said. I'll be there. What about you, Matt? Well, still just also in sales, but barcoding gear. Perhaps even more exciting than HVAC supplies. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Is it like those things that barcoding gear? Is it the things that make the labels for barcodes or that read barcodes? Or am I way it, off altogether? 
if a barcode's involved, I'm involved. <laughs> you sell parts for it. Okay. Yeah. So that little thing when I used to work at Target that scanned everything, you yep. were involved in that. I hate you. Sorry. <laughs> I hated so those I, things. I, I, no, I agree Target the other day, and they have a thing now where if you want to get something on sale, you have to scan it with your cell phone after downloading their app. Cartwheel. Yeah. yeah, cartwheel. I'm never Certain going sales. to Target again. <laughs> My girlfriend was very upset by that because it's more erotic. <laughs> it's absurd. Like, I'm not doing this much work for this. No, no, no. I'm going to Walmart. I don't care if they destroy the, the entire economy. <laughs> to get like three cents off a bottle of Clorox, you got to like you, download yeah. an app and send it an email. And... That is that is a minor inconvenience I will not stand for. <laughs> no, sir. It, it's way better than the old ladies at checkout who have like 40 piles of coupons. Believe me. At least that has some, yeah, that, that, that's fine with me because I don't have to scan anything. I just have to stand there and, and read more about, I don't know, Brad Pitt or something. And and you know, life like, hack, if you're, if you're at a Target and you have expired coupons, if you just say, like, oh, I didn't know, most of the time they'll just scan it and use it anyway because they don't want to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a life hack so much as it is <laughs> people who work, at, who work retail shops don't give a damn. Yeah, that's, that's basically, maybe they changed it since then with all this stuff they went through. But I remember working there and people brought in coupons that were expired. If they had enough, you just don't care because you don't want to sort through them and find the ones that are right. And, right. Yeah. No, so, yeah, that's all for fun. Sorry. Huh. Oh, go ahead. What other exciting no. things besides barcode selling? Psych- Decided I'm going to try and write a thing again that's not baseball stuff, but fun. Cool. Is that your other uh, mistake by the Jake site or a different one? No, this one's not. I'm going to try to write a book again. So nothing else to do in Chicago when it's like 10 degrees. Might as well write it. And you're at the very center of an internet outage? Literally, I was (laughs) yesterday. Yeah. When trying to do the the show on Facebook. Then, of course, when you do write about baseball, it always been let's go try it. And I keep trying to make you do an out-of-the-park baseball. You're going to do it. I'm going to. Because those are like the best things ever. The I wish you could. I don't know how many more ways you can exploit Brian Shaw. but <laughs> If I find one, you all will be the first. Of course, like that poor virtual man. So what else? You've made him into like Superman. You've made everybody be Brian Shaw. Mm-hmm. And then I made Just... him pitch almost <laughs> yes, every single saying. inning in one season. Well, he you goes, know, he likes to pitch more, and he gets better the more he pitches. I learned this from the World <laughs> Series, so that was except that for was that good. whole ninth inning of the World Series, Game Seven, uh, whatever. That uh, <laughs> immaterial, immaterial, small sample size. <laughs> okay, well, you always find us at let's go tribe dot com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, all that fun stuff. Thank you, everybody who was here live. There's quite a few people at one point. I think people talking. It was fun. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. That was a sexy picture. That was a sexy picture. That was a sexy picture. That was a sexy picture.